ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so to begin with then the seven places in the Quran where the istiwa is mentioned al-nusus al-dallah ala istiwa illahi ala al-arsh we were talking about the fact that Allah is the most high we were talking about the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we were talking about al-istiwa and the meanings of it in the Arabic language and then we mentioned that there are certain places in the Qur'an where this is mentioned. So who has a list of those places? Put your hands up since it was the homework. One, two, only two people, nobody else. Nobody else, just two people. Three, four, five. Any more offers? We're up to five. Five. Five people have done the homework. Or five people have found the answers to the homework. Were there any others who attempted but didn't find the answers? Or is that just optimism? To think that there were others who tried but didn't find the answers? Some of the brothers need name and shame. For the ones who haven't found the answers. But I was told it's too strict to do these things so I won't. Who's going to do it then? Go on then. You find four. Go on then. Tell us the four. Give us the references. Which surah and what number of the ayah? Usilat 11. Okay. Aqara 29. Okay. Al-Hadid 4, okay. Al-Qasas 14. You're going to have to read these out now. You've got them written down? Go on and read them out. What are these references? What's the Qasas one? What does it say? Remember, we're looking for the word. Which word? What are we looking for in these ayat? Istawa. The istiwa. That is what we want. You found that word in all of those ayat. Okay. Anybody else? Go on then. Give us them. Uh, references. Give us the references. What's the name? Okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Alright, look at these, look at these. Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah 54. That was in your list. Surah Al-A'raf, Ayah number 54. Surah Yunus, 
Ayah number three. Surah Al-Ra'id. Ayah number two. Surah Taha. Ayah number five. Surah Al-Furqan. Fifty-nine. Surah Al-Sajda. Four. Surah Al-Hadid. Four. Anybody got anything outside of what I've just said? Which one? What is it? That's okay, but uh, we want particularly, specifically regarding Allah and Istawa. That's being used in a different context. We want only the context of Istawa for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not the meanings of it in other contexts. That one we mentioned last time. It means to... To what? Mount the second one and the other one. Mounting is one of them. And we had other ayat. We gave other examples as well. Istawa ila sama. But the seven we mentioned there... Those seven are mentioned with the istawa and they are mentioning the arsh. So these seven are the core examples. So note them again. Surah Al-A'raf number 54. Surah Yunus number 3. Surah Al-Ra'ad number 2. Surah Taha number 5. Surah Al-Furqan, number 59. Surah Al-Sajda, number 4. And Surah Al-Hadid, number 4. With the Arsh. With the Arsh, these are the seven mentioned of, of Al-Istiwa. Al-Istiwa upon the Arsh. I should have maybe clarified further. We want the Istiwa upon the Arsh. On that basis, it is these seven. These seven references all quote Al-Istiwa upon the Arsh. Then from the Sunnah, evidences from the Sunnah upon the Istiwa upon the Arsh. There is a hadith muttafaqun alayhi of Abu Hurairah. رضي الله عنه قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول لما قضى الله الخلق كتب في كتابه فهو عنده فوق عرشه إن رحمتي غلبت غضبي Example regarding the عرش that Abu Hurairah mentions, I heard the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam say that when Allah finished the creation, he wrote in the book, he wrote in the book, in his book, which is with him above the throne, indeed my mercy overwhelms my anger or overrides my anger. In another narration also of Abu Hurairah, and this one is in An-Nasai, he says, أَنَّ النَّبِيَّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ أَخَذَ بِيَدِهِ فَقَالَ Abu Hurairah says that the Prophet وسلم, took me by the hand and said, يَا أَبَا هُرَيْرَةَ أَوْ أَبُو هُرَيْرَةَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ خَلَقَ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرَضِينَ وَمَا بَيْنَهُمَا فِي سِتَّةِ أَيَّامِ That indeed Allah created the heavens and the earth and that which is in between them in six days. ثُمَّ إِسْتَوَى عَلَى الْعَرْشِ Then he rose above the throne. 
A third example, hadith of Qatada ibn al-Nu'man, radiyallahu anhu. Qatada ibn al-Nu'man, radiyallahu anhu, qal, Sami'tu Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul, Lamma faragallahu min khalqihi, istawa ala arshihi. Lamma faragallahu min khalqihi, Istawa ala arshihi. When Allah finished the creation, then istawa ala arshihi, that he was above the throne once again. The same being mentioned. That's three examples from the Sunnah. So there we have seven ayat mentioning al istiwa upon al arsh, the throne of Allah. We have three hadith mentioning the same thing. That's ten independent evidences so far talking about Allah being above all of the creation. Just ten we've mentioned so far. Ibn al-Qayyim said, if you look through the Quran and the Sunnah, you'll find over a hundred independent evidences highlighting that Allah is above. That Allah is above the creation you will find a hundred plus independent evidences, ayat, a hadith, indicating Allah is above, and yet they come and tell you Allah is everywhere. So that is ten we've mentioned there. Now then, we need to discuss one of the main deviances of the people of innovation on this. People of innovation, from amongst them, there are those who refuse to accept that Allah is above the creation, refuse to accept that Allah is the Most High, above the seven heavens, above all of the creation, that Allah is above the throne, the throne that is the ceiling of creation. They refuse to believe all of that because of certain doubts and misunderstandings that they have, they refuse to accept. So when they refuse to accept, like we said before, they have certain ways to try and get out of having to accept the names and attributes. One would be to simply make ta'atil, reject these ayat that Allah rose above the throne, uh, meaning rejecting the wording and rejecting that istiwa. If they don't reject and they don't make ta'atil, uh, then they will go into ta'wil perhaps, misconstruing and misunderstanding and misinterpreting the meanings of those ayat into something else. That is one of the affairs we're going to discuss now, because one of the common misinterpretations that they portray and put forward is that istawa means istawla look at the two words istawa alif seen ta waw alif istawa they say istawla how many letters have they added on one letter they've added an extra alif alam uh, sorry now it's become alif seeing ta wow instead of the alif istawa now lam alif alif maqsura istawla instead of istawa in that way now by adding this they have changed that word and they've changed the meaning of it from istawa to istawla because istawla has meanings of conquering they say yes all of these evidences are talking about allah conquering being the conqueror the one in control of all of the heavens and the earth and he is the one the all-conquering above them all. That's all it means, they say. Not that Allah is above the seven heavens, above the throne. There is no istiwa like that. It just means that Allah is the conqueror 
of all of the heavens and the earth and the creation. They say that's what it means. Istawa is istola. One letter. Is that correct or is it not correct? Then we can say absolutely, definitively, conclusively that it is incorrect to give that interpretation and to add that letter onto the word. So then, what is the refutation regarding this claim of theirs that it means istawla and not istawa? Firstly, that this explanation, somebody tell us. No, give us a simple refutation. What is the first principle-based refutation, a generic refutation that would occur in any of these types of topics? So we've talked about the default meaning and the default meaning that the Salaf were upon. They have now given an interpretation that you will never find from any of the Salaf. That is point number one. The Salaf were upon the default meaning, istiwa, not istawla, conquering. Therefore, point number one, you can say, you will never find anybody from the Salaf al-Salih, from the Sahaba, from the Tabi'een, who gave this tafsir that istawa means istawla. And in fact, you can even go as far as saying, you will not find any of the a'imma that came thereafter throughout history who are quoting from the salaf that anybody ever gave that tafsir. Neither will they have any chains of narration to any of the salaf with this tafsir. Neither do you find any of the great imams ever quoted from the salaf that this is the correct tafsir. So that is something absolutely out straight away. The first people, where did it come from then, a question may arise. If the Salaf never ever said, Istawla, a Salaf al-Salih, the Sahaba, the Tabi'een, those who came, none of them ever gave this tafsir, so where did it come from? Who were the people of innovation who came out with this particular deviated tafsir? The Jahmiya, the Mu'tazila, the Jahmiya, the Mu'tazila, they are the ones who initially brought about this deviated tafsir. Imam here? Khalas, as soon as he walks in, we'll stop. Sec, huh? Is here, khalas. We'll break there then. We'll do point number two and point number three after the prayer, inshallah. Yeah. 
الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن والاه. So we were talking about this deviated interpretation of some of the people of desires, where they say that istawa means istola. The first refutation of that interpretation is the fact that you will not find that interpretation from any of the salaf. You will never find that interpretation quoted or narrated from any of the Sahaba, from the Tabi'een, from any of As-Salaf As-Salih. The first to bring about this interpretation were the Jahmiya and the Mu'tazila and their likes. Secondly, the Salaf understood the actual default meaning like we said. But in this case, there are examples of them proclaiming the actual default meaning. Like Imam Ahmed, Imam Malik, the classical example of Imam Malik and his Sheikh Rabi'ah ibn Abi Abdirrahman falamma su'ila Rabi'ah ibn Abi Abdirrahman wa Malik ibn Anas when they were asked about this statement when they were asked Ar-Rahman ala al-arsh istawa qala they said Rabi'ah and Malik rahimahumallah they said al-istiwa Ma'loom Wal kayfu majhool They said al-istiwa is known Al-istiwa That is known, that is clear The default meaning and understanding of the word Istawa in Arabic The meanings that we spoke about last week That is clear, that is known, they said Wal kayfu majhool But the how how does Allah uh, go above the throne? How is that istiwa that occurs? That is unknown to us. To have iman in it is obligatory. And asking about it, going into the how and what and where, then that is an innovation. Thirdly, in the first two points we've seen that none of the Salaf gave the interpretation of Allah being above the throne as Allah conquering the heavens and the earth. Secondly, we've seen that the Salaf actually highlighted that it means istiwa as istiwa, that Allah is above the throne, above the heavens and the creation. Thirdly, then the question arises, where did the people of innovation bring and find and get this interpretation of Allah conquering from? If it's not from the Salaf, and in fact the Salaf are highlighting the opposite of that, they are highlighting the actual default meaning, where did the Jahmiya, the Mu'tazila, the people of innovation, where did they pluck this meaning out from? The philosopher perhaps. Or a better way to phrase it, what is their evidence for this interpretation? What is their evidence for this interpretation? Because we've just seen, it's not from the Salaf. So where is it from? The scholars, they say, that there is only one known example, a usable example, where istawa is mentioned with the meaning of istola. One example that is used by the people of innovation and deviance 
one point of reference that you hear about in terms of istawa meaning istawla and that is a line of poetry how can a line of poetry be a proof because you can say that a particular word has a particular linguistic meaning if you can find it in the poetry of the pure Arabs of old if the pure Arabs of old used these words in their poetry and they were eloquent and experts in the language then that can indicate to you these are legitimate words with these legitimate interpretations and meanings and so they have a line of poetry they have a line of poetry قَدْ إِسْتَوَى بِشْرٌ عَلَى الْعِرَاقِ مِنْ غَيْرِ سَيْفٍ وَلَا دَمٍ مِهْرَاقِ In this line of poetry, it mentions that Bishr, he conquered Iraq without a sword and without any blood spilt. That he took control of Iraq, he conquered Iraq without a sword and without any blood spilt. Min ghayri saifin wala damin mihraq. But the point is at the beginning it says, Qad istawa bisharun ala al-Iraq. And obviously here it means conquered. He conquered Iraq as it is known occurred. That he took charge and took authority of Iraq so now what are we gonna do people of innovation tell you we have Arabic Arabic poetry using the word istawa with the meaning of istawla and the Arabic language it's an evidence they can say look in Arabic that word can mean istawla the Arabs of old used it in their poetry like that as we've seen in this line of poetry so how do we respond who wrote this line of poetry is a good question because it needs to be from the pure aqhah from the Arabs from their poets because if it was some miskin who came along, born and raised in Cheatham Hill who wrote it, then it wouldn't be a proof for anything. True? Absolutely. It's got to be from those pure, eloquent, strong language Arabs. And that is the first point. This line of poetry is absolutely and utterly unproven that it is from Arabic poets there is no authentic chain of narration no authentic context background anything to prove that this is even Arabic poetry written by those who are upon that Arabic pure language and in fact, not only that, not only is it unproven, because that may not be a watertight proof, all that shows is that we can't prove it's from the pure Arabs. Could it still be though? Could be, but we can't prove it. That is a proof anyway, the fact that you can't prove it, then you can't use it as, as, as an evidence. So it can't be proven and it is not established as Arabic poetry anyway. But on top of that, something which actually highlights that it definitely isn't. Is that the actual scholars of the Arabic language reject this usage of istawa in this line of poetry. Those in the field, the Arabic language scholars from the times of old, they have rejected this line of poetry as being from Arabic eloquence, from being of Arabic meaning. 
meaning the Arabic language, the experts in it, have refused to accept istawa can be used like this. And they've refused to accept, therefore, the authenticity of this verse. With the fact that we have nothing to prove its authenticity in the first place. All of that indicates this cannot possibly be an admissible form of evidence into your argument. It cannot be an evidence that you can use because it is not proven as an Arabic line of poetry in the first place. On top of that, the actual known Arabic language scholars are rejecting it, all indicating that this is not a proof that can be used. They said, in fact, إِنَّهُ بَيْتٌ مَسْنُوعَ This is a fabricated verse which is not known in the Arabic language. A fabricated verse not known in the Arabic language. If you were to quote a hadith as your evidence, you would need to establish the the authenticity, the chain, etc. of the hadith to use it as an evidence. Same way here, in fact, even greater is the importance here that if you're going to claim this is a linguistic proof, you have to establish that it is linguistically accurate in the first place. And that is completely unestablished. That therefore basically leads you to saying that they have absolutely no established proof for saying istawa means istola these kinds of things you may see as technical but the reality is when you start breaking it down like this with all of the various names and attributes of Allah and the statements of the people of innovation then in the end you come to a clear clear cut conclusion that the methodology and the understanding of Ahlul Sunnah is pure upon the evidences, pure upon the Quran and the Sunnah. And all of the people of innovation with whatever they try to pluck out as their evidences, none of it stands up to the test. None of their evidences will ever pass the test of authenticity, will never pass the test of the Salaf. None of the Salaf will ever come with these types of beliefs and evidences or interpretations of evidences that the people of innovation use. Some of the grammarians, Al-Khalil, Al-Arabi, some of the Ibn Al-Arabi, various others famously known, uh, one of them was asked, هَلْ وَجَدْتَ فِي اللُّغَةِ إِسْتَوَى بِمَعْنَى إِسْتَوْلَى have you ever found in the Arabic language that istawa can mean istawla? فَقَالْ هَذَا لَا تَعْرِفُهُ He said the Arabs do not know this. This is not something known to the Arabs to use the word istawa to mean istawla. وَلَا هُوَ جَائِزٌ فِي لُغَتِهَا And neither is it permissible and correct in their language. In the Arabic language. And he, this Khalil, was a great Imam in the Arabic language. He was a great Imam in the Arabic language. As for the rest of the affairs, that was another affair. But in the Arabic language, he was known for it. And he said, this is not something established, and it is not known in their language, and it is not permissible to use it like that in the language. Point number four, that was point number three. Point number four, or you could call it point number three B, whichever way. Something that actually destroys their argument completely from the base upwards is that it is established. This poetry is established and known, but with the word istawa actually being as. Istola, the line of poetry read as Waqad Istola 
Bishrun ala al-Iraq, that is known and established. So the actual word is known and established. The one known to the Arabs with that meaning of conquering. So they clearly, or it would appear, firstly distorted the line of poetry in order to then use it as a proof for their distorted aqidah. The true line of poetry, Bisharun Qadistawla ala al-Iraq, that is what is known. Fifthly, let's say now, and this is what Sheikh Muhammad Aman al-Jami used to mention, that if, or one of the styles of debating, or one of the styles of giving evidence upon or to refute the people of innovation can be uh, as they say a tanazul the what you say in english supposing supposing or uh, when you say let's say for the sake of the argument hypothetically speaking let's say for the sake of the argument what you're saying is legitimate so now let's say for the sake of the argument that line of poetry is from the Arabs and it is established and proven. It's all legitimate, it passes. In that case, what are we going to say? For the sake of the argument, the line of poetry is proven. It is Arabic. It is established. It is a linguistic proof that istawa can be used to mean istawla. That he ascended upon Iraq. You mean? That he ascended upon Iraq. Anybody else? That is basically correct. Even if the word istawa was used in that line of poetry, that Bishar made the istiwa upon Iraq, it would there have the meaning of the actual word istawa, not istawla. It would have the actual meaning of the word istawa, to ascend in that case. That he ascended upon Iraq, as he literally did, as it's known in history. He took over Iraq, he, he was in charge, he took authority. And that's a phrase which is used, as you know in the English language, it's clear when they say he ascended upon the throne or his ascension to king, kingship. That word is used to indicate somebody now getting power, to ascend into power. So here that's what it means, even if all of it is legitimate, it actually just means istawa, not istawla anyway. It's not referring to him conquering Iraq, it's referring to the very actual linguistic meaning that he ascended upon Iraq, which he actually did. Because he was the brother of Abdul Malik ibn Marwan. And he was the Amir of Iraq. And so when they say he went there and he sat upon the throne, him actually literally sitting upon the throne, for humans there, for him there in the human sense, he literally did the istiwa upon the throne of Iraq. Him. He literally did the istiwa upon the throne of Iraq. He went and he sat on the throne for the kingdom of Iraq. So he literally did istiwa upon that throne. Him as a human. So uh, they say in any sense, none of it would be an evidence for istawa meaning istawla.
Point number six. Point number six mentions Allah Akhbara Bihalkis Samawati Wal Adfi Sittati Ayam Thumastawa al Arsh. That Allah informed us of the creation of the heavens and the earth occurring in six days, and that He then ascended upon the throne. Wa Akhbara and He informed us also. أَنَّ عَرْشَهُ كَانَ عَلَى الْمَاءِ قَبْلَ خَلْقِهَا That it was upon the water before its creation. كَمَا ثَبَتَ فِي صَحِيحِ الْبُخَارِ مِنْ حَدِيثِ عِمْرَانِ بْنِ حُسَيْنِ As it's proven in Sahih al-Bukhari from the hadith of Imran ibn Hussein that the Prophet said كَانَ اللَّهُ وَلَا شَيْءَ غَيْرُهُ that Allah was and there was nothing else. Allah was and there was nothing else. وَكَانَ عَرْشُهُ عَلَى الْمَاءِ And His throne was above the water. Before the creation of the heavens and the earth. Allah was and there was nothing else. And at that time, His throne was above the water. وَكُتِبَ فِي الذِّكْرِ and everything was written in the, the tablet. And then the heavens and the earth. The throne it tells you was created before the rest of all of that creation. So Allah was always in the ascension above the throne before the creation of the heavens and after. أي ما يمكن أن يقال أن الله كان غير مستوٍ على العرش أولاً ثم استوى ثم استولى عليه. The point here is, and this one a bit more complicated. We'll conclude upon it. It tells us in this narration that the throne of Allah was created before the rest of this creation. That Allah was, Allah was, always was, and there was nothing else. But His throne was present was created and was above the water so Allah was and the throne was above the water and nothing else was created then everything else was created then it mentions then Allah the ascendancy upon the throne after the creation of the heavens and the earth if the meaning of it is if the meaning of istawa is istawla, to conquer, that would mean that Allah only conquered the throne and everything else after the creation of the heavens and the earth. Prior to the creations of the heavens and the earth, was Allah not the all-conquering upon the throne, His creation? Absolutely. But upon their interpretation, it won't work anymore. Because as far as they are concerned, this conquering occurred after the creations of the heavens and the earth. So before the creations of the heavens and the earth, Allah was not in a state of conquering, being the conqueror over the throne. Can that be? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Allah was always the all-conquering. So this shows you it's not istawla. It's istawa. Allah was mustawin. Ascended upon the throne before creation and after creation. And conquering before and after also. But if you say it means conquering, then that means before creation Allah was not conquering of the throne. And that cannot be the case. That cannot be the case. I 
Another point of language, one last point of language, istola could potentially be used, or istola in its meaning is to conquer. But they say grammatically, it means to conquer with an opposition. There was opposition, you overwhelmed the opposition and you conquered. That's what istawla means in the linguistic term in Arabic. It's not just conquering as in open conquering, he went and conquered the place. A person talking about going and conquering somewhere. It is a conquering that occurs after you faced opposition but crushed it. Meaning if you went and you faced no opposition and you just took over the place, you couldn't use the word istawla in that context in Arabic. You haven't done istawla, istila upon that land. You've conquered it, but it wasn't a conquering that occurred in the context of facing opposition, crushing the opposition and conquering it. When it's facing opposition, crushing the opposition and conquering, that is when the term istawla is linguistically correct in Arabic. If it's a conquering without any type of opposition, if it's a conquering without any type of opposition, then you can't use istola. So now the fact that they are using istola to mean that Allah conquered the heavens and the earth means that Allah faced opposition from His creation, overwhelmed them, and then conquered. Doesn't require any explanation. Absolutely false. To say that Allah faced opposition, overwhelmed the creation, and then conquered them. Because linguistically, istawla, that's what it means. That's why they say, the people of innovation, when they try to use these linguistic terms and interpretations, they themselves don't understand the reality of what they are doing. They don't understand the reality of the Arabic language. And one of the best examples of that is about seeing Allah in the hereafter. When it says in the Quran, Lan tarani, you will never see me. Lan in the Arabic language is future tense negation. Lan tarani, you will never see me, future tense. People of innovation came along and said, that's it, proof you will never see Allah. But little did they know in the intricacies of the Arabic language and the details of it, Lan is a future tense negation but never ever does it indicate in the Arabic language, never ever. Meaning it doesn't indicate an infinite negation into the future. Never, ever, never, ever. It doesn't mean that. It just means never. It's not going to happen. It's a negation into the future to a limit. It's not never, ever. They try to put that meaning as never, ever. You will not see me, i.e. never, ever see me. And that is false. And linguistically that is false. So they fall into a lot of linguistic errors in their claim anyway. Uh, altogether then, that is seven. Seven different evidences. There are more as well, but seven will do. Seven different evidences as to why istawla is the incorrect misinterpretation of the people of desires. And that actually it is istawa. That's where we'll conclude for today. And next week we're going to go into the topic of explaining what we know about al-istiwa. When Malik said, that's known, what exactly is known? Al-Imam Malik said, al-istiwa, it's known. So what exactly do we know about the ascension of Allah upon the throne? What do we know about the throne? There are descriptions about the throne in the Quran and the Sunnah. And what do we know about the istiwa of Allah upon the throne? How much do we actually know? That's what we're going to next time, inshallah. And also to uh, give explanations of some of the doubts people have and some of the uh, issues that crop up in the minds of people regarding this uh, issue of al-istiwa. So we'll carry on from that oh, in, uh, week after next. Week after next. In fact, it's possible it may even be beyond that. But inshallah, you'll see the adverts of when it's going to be. Any questions?
What were they? What was the second one? Well, the, the way we explained it, number one was, it's not from the Salaf at all. Number two, that the Salaf actually clearly, blatantly mentioned, okay, you put it as number one, that clearly, blatantly mentioned the meaning of the default. Then number three was the line of poetry. Some of the poets were mentioned, yeah. Al Khalil. I'm not the Imam of the Salaf, but Al Khalil, somebody known from the Arabic language. That point there, then, so we had the line of poetry. Firstly, we mentioned it is not established or proven as a line of poetry in the first place. On top of that, the scholars of the language they rejected. Uh, they rejected this line of poetry and the usage of that word in that sense. And then, point number three was the quote of Al Khalil. You said, for me, all of that is one point basically. But it was just mentioned those various different things. Those quotes, the quote of Al Khalil, one of the grammarians. That's just an example of how the grammarians didn't accept this usage. They didn't accept the usage of the word istawla in meaning istawa. And al-Khalil is just an example. Al-Arabi, they give another example. Hal yasih an yakun istawa bima'an istawla? Faqala la ta'arifu al-Arab dhalik. They're just examples of grammarians refusing uh, this uh, uh, interpretation and that it doesn't work in the Arabic language. Anything else? Related, unrelated, anything else? So we'll conclude upon that for today then and inshallah ta'ala from the next session.